This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 podcast, and we're going to be doing a podcast focus on basketball. I'm joined by uh, John Jacobs, the uh, outstanding assistant coach for Baylor basketball, and the, the guard whisperer, we like to call you as well. So, um, John, thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem, Ashley. Thanks for having me. I don't know that I have anything to do with their success. I think God's given them those gifts, but that's really nice of you to say. So, well, you doing no. okay? Yeah, I'm doing great, and uh, it was great to hang out with you in France, and uh, your wife uh, provides a lot of comic relief. I, I think she's hilarious, so uh, it was good to get to know her a little bit better, too, and, and it was a great trip, and I know it was a trip that we didn't, you know, really, the intention was more building brotherhood and, and unity on the team, and, and not so much basketball, but uh, it definitely gave a glimpse of what, what uh, is possible this year, and, and, and certainly... The uh, summer has been a good one, I've heard, and, and I was able to watch one of the scrimmages against the vets, and that was uh, pretty encouraging, um, to say the least, because of the, the uh, quality of the team that they were going up against. Uh, what, can, what can you comment on just as far as how the summer's gone and you know, versus expectations? Where do you think we are right now as we prepare for the season? Yeah, well, first off, I'll say my wife's a Jersey girl and not shy. Uh, and you can definitely hear from the stands, and we're trying to work on that maybe a little bit. But uh, she's not as confident enough as you. She's not dressing in costumes or carrying signs to games. So I don't dress in costumes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know your friends do, though. Right, right. Uh, I'm just trying to keep her from that level of uh, fandom. But I do appreciate that she loves us so much. And, uh, yeah, France was great. I think it was pretty unique because you were there, but there's a conscious effort to let the guys be alone and by themselves. When we went to Italy, it was a team building deal, but it was coaches, staff, donors, players. But because of the portal and the changeover in the team and how you have to unify so quickly, I think Scott made some conscious decisions to let the guys do it themselves. I think he also really trusts Ray J and Jonathan and, Jalen and Caleb and some of the older guys that, you know, the 21, 22, 23 year olds on our team to do that. So because of his trust in them and, and the, the portal situation, we just use it as a unifying time for the guys by themselves. Um, and I think some of that stemmed from the, the scrimmages against the vets. I don't even know if a week before we left, Scott knew that that was going to happen, but because the guys played so well against the vets, I think there was some confidence about the on the floor stuff and in today's day and age, the off the floor stuff matters so much that I think he was ready to let them really focus on that because of the encouragement that we got from the scrimmage against the vets. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, it seems like this team is just really assembled well. And, you know, I've, I've made the argument. I don't know. You probably don't want to comment on this uh, comment, but, uh, I feel like we're better at every position and, and not, and that's no slight on, you know, I, I think Adam Flagler is a terrific college basketball player and LJ Cryer and Keontae George and, and all the pieces that we had last year, Flo Thamba. But uh, when you just look at how the team fits together, um, you know, Ray J is a special talent at point guard. Maybe talk about him a little bit. I, I really want to get your feedback on the guard play, what you've seen from him. I think Scott told me that, against the vets he had 14 assists and one turnover uh Davion Mitchell's covering him a lot that's pretty impressive I, I I would say that probably even impressed you oh yeah I think it's 17 to one oh um, even better I would have come with the numbers if I knew this what we were going to talk about but uh you know we played the vets five halves so five games um the cool thing about the vets is you've got 
Davion, Jared, Ish Wainwright, Torian Prince, Freddie Gillespie, Perry Jones, uh, and I'm missing people. Tall T from, from back in the day. He yeah. lets you know he's still playing. Lace Dunn was an absolute bucket. He put on a show for everybody yeah. who was able to watch. Uh, but we've got EuroLeague players, NBA players. It's probably the deepest vet week we've had as far as NBA players. And so you're judging our guards against Davion, Jared, and Ish, right. which isn't a bad way to judge them. And I, Davion will be mad. Jared Butler will be mad. All the guys probably be mad I'm saying this, but I'll let you know that we won three of the five halves. Yep. And um, the first two, it didn't look good. <laughs> and I think it took our guys a second to adjust to the intensity and um, – the joy that the older guys were playing with it. They really came prepared to help us. And uh, the ball pressure that Davion was putting on people and the scoring from Lace and Jared and the, the overall strength that you get in, in length from Perry and Ish and Freddie and all the guys. Uh, I don't think our guys were necessarily ready. Right. But when they, when they were able to adjust, I think the, the initial adjustment came from some of the guard play. And it certainly came from Ray J who at, um, you know, his fifth year of college, uh, responded quickly and and the benefit of having guys like him and Jalen who went through the draft process they've been in the gym with NBA players this spring they've gotten feedback they know the, the ways that they need to respond and Ray J responded pretty quickly um, I think the highlight of it was when he dunked on Freddie from yeah. the Big 12 symbol and nobody right. saw that coming but the greatest thing you can say about Ray J is you don't even need to talk about him you just need to watch his teammates play with him and I think last year's group, I don't want to compare them to last group, year's group at all. I'll just say that we took three shooting guards and we had to work really hard. We were the number two offense in the country. So it, it worked, Ashley. Right. I know maybe sure. It's not picture perfect or people have opinions on it, but it definitely worked on the offensive end. It was difficult at times because the pieces weren't exact, but the pieces around Ray J it's like just watching a, an orchestra with a symphony or something. I, I don't know how to accurately describe it. The way the guys run and how fast they run, they just expect him to pass the ball. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Um, and so there's portions of the offense that we're putting in this year where we just flow into things a little bit like we did at Gonzaga when we had Pangos and the older guards, because you just trust that that guy is going to run the team. And um, he's done a wonderful job. People will be very encouraged to watch him play on both ends. Um, and in this this awkward time of the portal and only getting guys for a year, whether it's one and done or their last year before they go pro, uh, you, you've got to learn to fall in love with these nine-month processes. And I don't know that anybody's done a better job with their nine-month process than, uh, than Ray J has. And um, the way he's embraced coach and the culture here, and he's made it his own. Um, I think we're really thankful for, and uh, people are going to enjoy watching him. Yeah, he's. There was a play that he made in, I think it was France. Um, that just I, I keep I keep thinking about because uh, the van. It was probably the vantage point that I had. I was right behind the basket, and you know he he reads the ball screen, and I think it was John rolling to the rim, and his eyes are on John the whole time but he fires like a perfect pass to the corner to wide open. I can't even remember if it was Jaden Nunn or Jacoby Walter or Bridges, but uh, they got a wide open three out of it. And I mean, just the way he looked like was watching the roller the whole time, but, but knew exactly where he was going to the ball, you know, a little bit of uh, deception. I mean, he just seems to really be good at that. Like, you know, just reading ball screens and, you know, putting the ball 
in a catchable position, which is important for a point guard. You know, sometimes you can fire a great pass, but if the player doesn't catch it, it's it's, it's not the not an effective play. But you know, I, I, would you say that he's probably one of the best you've ever seen in that regard? I mean, I mean, how how is there any comparisons that come to mind? I, I mean, I think that at times, you know, Jared Butler and Davion were able to do that. I think Tweedy back in the day knew when to score and when not to pass, and. I know we had some good guards recently, but I think we should remember that coach a long time ago kind of started with this whole three guard deal, right? Whether it's Lace and Tweedy and Curtis and Aaron Bruce and Henry Dugat, like it, there has been a history of this, but I think when it comes to the smoothness of the passing from the point guard spot, you're going to see something from him and even something from Miro Little that I think we are real conscious of making sure we got recruiting and, Passing is contagious and dribbling is contagious. And at times you can coach it the best that you want, but if you recruit to it, it, maybe it changes easier. Right. And so I think we went out of our way in this class to get two guys that like passing a ball screen the way a EuroLeague player might. And I think Ray is at that level. And, and I just flew to Japan with Jason Smith to watch the play. And I know he wasn't with us as much this summer because he played for the men's national team in the world cup. And he was one of the four youngest guys there, but he averaged, I think, four or five assists a game. Yeah. And he started next to Markkanen. And some of the same ball screen reads that you saw Ray J make in France, you'd see Miro make in Japan. Right. And um, there is this contagious speed at which we're playing offense. I, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but it, you just get the sense we're going to score more points than ever. Um, if you look at it, we had 60-point halves in France and – Against the vets, we had over 50 points and a half, and those guys can play defense yeah. multiple times. And it's not even about the sets. It's about the faith that people are going to pass the ball on time and on target. And the little stuff about hitting people in the shooting pockets. I mean, this summer, Jay Nunn, I believe, shot 43% between the vets and the France scrimmages and from three. And Jacoby shot 47%, wow. which is, you know, in that LJ Cryer range. And in the fall, he's been shooting 52% in practice from three. So uh, he came here, a great shooter. Jaden came here, 41% shooter from VCU. But when you play with Ray J, and if you track it, everyone he's played with, even at Toledo last year, they were a top five offense. Right. All their three-point percentages go up. And if you think catching the ball in the pocket makes a difference, he's proof of that. Right. And um, all, everyone in practice shooting a little bit better than three, and maybe they did just last year. And um, I think some of that has to do with the on-time, on-target stuff. But we were conscious to maybe overreact to the shooting guard thing and bring in some point guards who could pass. And I think we've done a good job of that. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, talk about uh, – I know we traded text over the summer before we even knew how the transfer portal was going to uh, play out. But I, it's obvious you guys had a plan, and I think your comment was uh, – you know, you're, you're a wingspan guy. You're going to be happy with the wingspan on this team. And, and that's, and that's for sure, uh, you know, how it's evolved. I know, you know, Langston Love and Jaden Nunn and Ray J. Dennis. I mean, these are all long guys, Mira Littles, you know, long guy too. And, uh, you know, we got more size in the backcourt, uh, which should lead to, you know, some better defense and, and certainly more defensive flexibility. Maybe talk about that. You know, what's, what's, uh, What's in store for the team defensively? Are you happy with what you're seeing there? You know, where, where do we need to take some leaps? Yeah, I think we heard somebody say this recently. Football had coordinators, you know, offense and defense, and they stop every so often to make play calls. Every, every play, there's a pause. 
And in basketball, I, I know that, you know, we have coordinators, but it's, we like to say it's a wee fence. It's not offense, defense, it's wee fence. Right. And last year when we we're trying to score the basketball, I think we were missing this transition outburst we had with the national championship team where you turn somebody over, you hit a three, you get a defensive rebound, you outlet, you get a three, then you turn somebody over, you get a dump. It's an eight Oh run. They call a timeout. And we had two or three of those, you know, outbursts, explosions in transition a game. And we were able to be number two in the country last year without those outbursts. Hmm. And, you know, just from an offensive guy's perspective, if we could get back to 15 to 20 points a game coming from these outbursts, it just makes the whole game easier. Right. And so certainly we want to be better at defense this year than we were last year. But I think with the wingspan, we want to be better at turning people over and having it turn into easy offense right. than we were last year. And that's getting in passing lanes. That's blocking shots. Um, that's contesting everything, but it just comes down to just a few inches at, at moments. And that, that often is made up by people's wingspans. So, you know, we took a little bit of time in the portal because great recruiting in the portal happens during, around, and after the NBA combine because that's when guys like Jalen and Ray J make their decisions to go to school or go pro. So you've got to wait. And I know you were a little nervous texting me during that packet of waiting, <laughs> but I tried to tell you we had a plan. Right. <laughs> and certainly one of those plans was the wingspan. And, um, you know, Langston had an injury during France, so you didn't get to see him play. But uh, in the spring and summer, I thought John and Langston – and Caleb did as good a job of keeping our team together and all that chaos as you could ask. Their character was unbelievable. Yeah. And Langston's size at the two, three, Jacoby's six eleven wingspan, Miro six eight, six nine wingspan, Jaden and none is the same. We're just longer all over the floor. And defense, you want to address scheme, but I think you always address personnel and effort first before you change scheme. And, you know, we've said that for a long time. If you're mad, change personnel. If you're frustrated, change energy. And if you can't change it through those two things, then change scheme. But I think we're looking at all three things. And um, we fixed the first thing, I think, with our wingspan and personnel. And then the last thing, I know we're talking about guards and stuff. This has a chance to be, with John and Yves and Josh, the best three-headed center that yeah. we've had since I've been here yeah. and you can agree or disagree with yeah, that, but for sure. uh, we're really good at the five and our shot blocking is really good right now. And um, if we can funnel people into that and there's a fear to finish at the rim, I think we'll take a huge step forward. People finish over 60% of the time at the rim for us. That's just not acceptable defense. And I think our rim protection is going through the roof, not just our wingspan. Yeah, that was, that was really defensively, in a nutshell, the two biggest weaknesses of our defense last year was the uh, giving up easy buckets at the rim and and then a lack of shot blocking. Right? I mean, those were the two things that kind of stick out in the uh, analytics. The um, I, yeah, I, one thing I really loved is uh, in that vet scrimmage. I, I bet you know I wouldn't surprise me if you or Tweety or Scott or somebody you know told told Davion and Jared to do this, but. Early on in the scrimmage, it seemed like, you know, those guys were trying to punk our guys a little bit. And, and you know, like uh, maybe Davion, instead of going around a ball screen, went right through Jaden Nunn or right through Ray J. Dennis. And, and you know, the resilience and the toughness that, you know, they show just bouncing back up and wanting a part of the fight, you know, and, 
and even talking back, you know, and, and chirping back. I mean, that was, uh, you know, I've, I've told you this and I, I think you would agree that, you know, the thing that was probably missing the most last year was competitive fire. I uh, just wasn't at the elite level that we had a couple of years ago and, you know, maybe even the year after. Um, and it just seems like the competitive fire is here this year. And, and when I interview the players that, you know, they, John says that, you know, John says the competitiveness is, is our, probably our number one trait. Would you agree with that? And, and what have you seen this summer? Yeah. You know, I want to be careful with the last year thing. Cause yeah, it's I, a great, it was a great team. We were the, I mean, we were the, we were the ninth seeded team right. overall in the tournament. We were a three seed. Right. Um, I know we've been a one seed, you know, for a couple of years in a row. So people get used to certain things, but if, if uh, you're the ninth best program in the country and that's frustrating to people, then you're, then, you know, you're doing a good job. Right. And that's probably why Scott's hall of famer. Cause if that's the standard we're at now, then uh, we have to live with that as coaches and we'll do our best to deliver. But, you know, that was a really good basketball team last year. Right. Um, and I, I do think that what you said though, is there was a moment probably after the first two games, we lost the first game, I think by 20, um, and Davion wasn't there to like win. He was there to embarrass us. And, you know, Ish was laughing and Jared Butler was making threes and telling us about it. Um, did talk, you know, Terrence Thomas never stops talking. So I think he's been talking since he was born, um, which makes things great and why we love having him back so much. But there was a moment and was like, okay, that are you going to talk back? Like you all say you're NBA players and, these guys are NBA players and you're letting them make you look a little bit like children. Right. And I would say like you said, competitive fire. I think there's this anger that you should play with. There's this, this fence you got to walk along where you're so angry, but you're under control. Right. Uh, you know, people are always going to point maybe to the guards or the scoring or whatever you want from the national championship team. But I think, Mark's anger and when like when Flo and Jod were angry, like I don't think they'll ever get enough credit for that contribution. Right. right. And um, this team has the ability to be angry. I don't know that we're angry enough, but you saw some pushback and some fight in those moments, which is encouraging. And the truth is, is until you're on the road in the fire, we're at Michigan State or we're playing Duke and Madison Square Garden. Until you're in those moments, you don't really know. Right. Um, how tough your team is because in practice you're tough, but 10 guys are playing and in the games we can only play five. So right. is the bench going to remain engaged? Is leadership going to tell guys what they're not doing? There's a bunch of little things you don't know until a little bit later, but I do agree with you and I agree with John and I agree with most of the players you've interviewed. There's a level of anger that's really good and appropriate and trending in the right direction. But the moment you start complimenting yourself a little bit too much in the anger area, you get soft yep. and, um, you know, sometimes praise is as powerful in a negative way as negativity is. Right. And I don't want to be over praising something this early because toughness is a long-term thing. Yeah. And we're nowhere near our big 12 schedule. And when you get through the big 12 gauntlet, like that's a different level of anger and sustained intelligence and scouting and persistence that needs to occur. So I think we still really need to grow into that. Are we trending there? I would say yes, but I wouldn't know that we're all the way there yet. And uh, I would rather have the guys remain a little hungry. But uh, I agree with you that quality is important, especially in college games. Um, so often the team that shows up with that wins, and it can not always even be about talent. So that will be important for us. Um, 
yeah important us for sure yeah it's and and another play that kind of comes to mind in that regard is um you know france i mean that wasn't the most skilled teams in the world we were playing but you know they had some older guys some some guys that tried to bully our guys a little bit and i remember eve like blocking one at the rim and, and the guy was you know he just stood his ground and you know there's a little jaw back and forth going on probably in french uh but uh you know it was good to see that i mean he he has a little bit of a, a you know a chip on his shoulder maybe more than i thought he would coming in you know a lot of times especially bigs are softer you know when they have the athleticism that he has but he plays with the chippiness that's good to see um do you so let's talk about the backcourt, the rest of the backcourt. I just want to get your observations on what you've seen this summer. Uh, D'Antoine, you know, he's a guy that uh, redshirted last year super fast, probably the fastest guy on the team, right? Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, but you're going to line up and run straight. I don't know that anybody's beating D'Antoine in the race. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so he gives us, you know, something that's maybe – um, you know, from a speed and athleticism standpoint, and he's got some competitive edge to him. Like, what what have you seen from him, and uh, where have you seen him progress this summer? Yeah, I think we're real proud of him. I think that college basketball has turned into this, everybody, let's talk about Portal and NIL and get wrapped up and, and what the outside is saying. And just internally, it's really important that our guys become men, they go to class, they get better grades. Uh, they mature, and I would say that D'Antoine's had a better year in those categories than anybody on the team. Mm. And you can not only see it in his interaction with Baylor and the university and his grades as a whole, but I think you can see it in the weight room. Like you, you see pictures of him on Instagram. Clearly, him and Coach Charlie used that year to get him stronger and faster. Yeah. Like he looks great and strong. Um, I think the ball screen reads we were talking about earlier with Ray J. D'Antoine has learned those reads in his off year. Uh, who he is as a transition point guard on offense has really grown. I think his shot making around the rim, he was shooting like 40 something percent, 40 percent from the rim when he got here after Juco, and now he's up in the 50s. He's added a floater, uh, and the guys like him. He's respected, and they honor the fact that he works so hard, and it impacts our practice. And, you know, he's a really good player. And almost every guard that's come here and redshirted has made leaps. And I don't know how that's going to play out because we are so deep this year. But right. I can tell you this, he's earned everything. And we're incredibly pleased and proud of who he is as a man and as a player. And I think you're going to get a couple really positive D'Antoine moments throughout this season. And you're going to see this jump in him that he's earned with his, with his work when nobody's watching. Um, he's everything we want our program to be, which is – you really earn your way when no one is watching. Right. And I just think D'Antoine's become a man uh, in that, that regard. So he's been good. He's been really good. And he is super fast. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Ray J we've talked about him, but maybe talk about the defensive end. I, I think he plays a lot better defense than what I was expecting. You know, I looked at Toledo wasn't a very good defensive team. They're elite in offense. Maybe, maybe it's because so much pressure was on him, but, uh, I mean, I think he's, you know, c- certainly looks like a guy that's bought into it and and uh, has long wingspan and able to, you know, use his length well. I mean, what have you seen defensively from him? I just think that started with his, his spring where the NBA teams were saying you got to be able to guard a ball screen by yourself, hmm. which is just a basketball term, which is you can get through the ball screen. We don't need you, the big to help. You can get through that toughly you know, as tough as you can with no one's help and you can stop the ball and recover. 
And until you can do that at the collegiate level, you're not going to be able to do it to Dame Willard. Right. And if you want to play at this level, you're going to have to get better defensively at guarding the ball screen by yourself. And he's really locked in at guarding the ball. And he took that to heart, and he's getting better at it every day. And you know this as much as anybody. Your point of contact on defense matters, how aggressive the guy on the ball is. Yep. And um, you're going to see us this year. We're, we're, we're playing around with picking up at half court or picking up full court turning the guard, making them work more often, playing more people. What 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 a full court pickup might do to our rotations and allow more guys to play. Yep. And that only works if your oldest guard is bought in playing full court defense that way. And he has, and we're really thankful for that. And I think his defense is getting better every day. Yeah, that's great. And and Jaden's a guy that, you know, came with the defensive reputation. It seems like he's lived up to it since he's been at Baylor, uh, but I what surprised me about him, you know, is I mean he's a good three point shooter, and he can go to the rim, man. He's fearless in the paint. Like what? So what have you seen from uh, Jaden uh, so far in in those areas? Yeah, we really respect the full court defense that VCU played, and uh, when that Coach Rhodes got a new job at Penn State and Jaden went in the portal, uh, we were all over him for a defensive decision. And then we felt like he could really guard everything on the court, whether it's full court, pin downs, ball screens. He could guard the one, he could guard the four. He's this jack of all trades defensive guard who could also make open threes because he shot 41% overall from the three. Then we got him in the gym. And I can just tell you his footwork in a ball screen, his ability to make a pull up out of that. And then his finishing is really ahead of schedule. And, you know, we take a lot of pride in our, analytics and player development and the way we break all those things down and get guys better at it. But he's finishing over 60% of the time at the rim this summer and in the fall and then in our scrimmages versus the vets and in France. Uh, put that in context, Davion finished 60% of the time mm. his last year at Baylor. So he's ahead of schedule offensively and he's everything we hope for defensively and he's going to make us better and he already has made us better. And, um, you know, certain things are contagious. We talked a little earlier in the podcast about passing being contagious. I think defense is the same. You just, Macy O.T. told me all the time, if you look around and everybody's playing hard, if you don't play hard, you just stand out and look stupid. Mm. And um, I think Jaden will make you look stupid if you're standing up and not caring about defense because he cares so much. And so we're really thankful to have him. And just like Danton, he's going to have some high-level moments for us. And uh, I think he's better than we thought. I to be honest, I think he's a steal of the portal. Yeah, yeah. And, um, we've done a good job, I think, with our analytics and the way we make those choices as we choose our portal guys. But he's been a pleasure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'm excited about him. Uh, and Jacoby would be considered. Let's talk about him. I mean, he's he's you know a guard for you know most people's purposes. I know when I when I uh, do this with uh, Jared Nunes, he's going to want, want to claim him as a wing. I'm sure, but. Um, you know what? What have you? <laughs> Jacoby's with the guards every day, so <laughs> okay. There we go. Lying if he does that, but that's okay. <laughs> there we go. All right, so yeah, talk about He's him. All of ours, to be fair. I mean, uh, Coach AB did a great job recruiting him, by the way. Yeah, AB's done a great job in Texas, and yeah. we've known him since junior high. It's a great family. Yeah, a terrific family. Got to got to interact with his mom on the France trip. You know, she came on her own dime. Had some 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 troubles getting there, but you know, eventually made it to Lyon. Only got to watch a half of her son, but uh, hung hung out with some of the uh, alums and donors and coaches' wives. And you know, I think uh, she, she seemed just an awesome person. 
you know, what's, what have you seen from Jacoby? I mean, his humility just stands out like his, his, uh, willingness to play both ways. I mean, he just seems like a special kid from, from the standpoint of you come in with all this hype, you're expected to be a first round pick. Uh, but you know, the humility and, you know, the willingness to just, you know, not look ahead just seems like rare. I mean, what say you agree with those comments and, and how can you elaborate on those? Yeah, I think everything you said is true. Uh, it doesn't look ahead. It has very rare character traits. And there is a lot of pressure when you you are that kind of player. I mean, he's a top 10 kid in the country. He qualified for every all-star game. And it's the first time ever we've had all three of our freshmen play in the Hoop Summit game, which is top 12 Americans versus top 12 internationals. And even Miro were on the international team, and he was on the American team. You can see in certain... Um, I guess mock drafts, not that they mean much right now. Uh, people need to know that they're wrong half the time this right. early, but I know people fall in love with him. Uh, he's as high as number three in some of those mock drafts. And if you hang out with him at all, you would have no idea that that's true. And um, he's just a humble, happy kid, really level-headed. He's got a great understanding of what it means to be a pro each day. He doesn't get ahead of himself. And I'll just say this he did play a lot of point guard for his au team mm. which he did a great job in adidas i mean that he was a leading scorer in that that year but he played on the ball a bunch which is one of the reasons we like him because we play the three-point guard system you right. know we like our third guard to have ball handling skills um, but what he's is has become as a catch and shoot guy and a pin down guy and an off the ball guy um it's really we're we're pretty pleased with it. So you're going to see him on the ball some, but you're also going to see him in those Duncan Robinson, Miami heat kind of actions mm -hmm. that Jamal Murray coming off a handoff with Jokic instead of dribbling the ball kind of action. He doesn't need to dribble to score. And uh, earlier on in his high school career, we thought maybe he did need to dribble. So we're really pleased with that. And as the NBA becomes more positionless, that's just going to make him more attractive. Right. He plays both ends. Um, we're going to love him every day that we get him. And I imagine he's going to have a, a big year. But when you talk to him every day, you won't even know that it's going on. He's as humble as they come. And to be honest, I, I don't really have anything more to say than that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Humility and character is what he's driven by. And I wish the world cared about those traits more than they do. But if you, you know, if you're a joy culture like us and faith and character matter, he's, he's a Baylor Bear to a T. Yeah. No. So he's going to have some big moments and, you know, had 28 points in one game in France and was leading scorer versus the vets. There's all kinds of basketball things we can talk about, but just as a kid, I think that's probably the thing we've been most pleased with. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned earlier, almost 50% from three, that's uh, a pretty shocking stat given his skill level <laughs> that, you know, if he's, if he's, yeah. he hits those kind of, percentages then he's a nightmare to cover because he can blow by and get to the rim too um mm -hmm. wh what about uh langston i know he's been hurt some this summer um we got to see him practice earlier in the summer and then had a bicep injury but um i hear he's doing great just you know totally working his butt off to recover and attitude's wonderful um you know I've, he's been a favorite of mine just i i, I think he's uh, just a super kid, but what what have you seen from him so far this summer? Yeah, I would just say above anything else, we're just praying for a healthy season. Right. And, you know, guys get these reputations in our program for being 
hard workers, whether it's Fadio, Maceo, Davion. It's a competition to see who can be in our practice gym longest. Right. Coach says it all the time. Like, you good when your players are in the gym without you, not what they do with you. Yep. And so much of this culture has been built on joy, but it's also been built on choosing the right person. And then I would say their work when we're not around. And Langston, Langston and John would win in that category almost all every week. Yep. He works so hard and the stuff that he's had to go through because of these injuries. I just love him dearly because of the work ethic and character that he's shown. He was just baptized recently. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of growth in his personal life and faith. And uh, we're incredibly proud of him. And we would just like the world to see a reflection of all the work that he's done. Um, we just want him truly 100% healthy. Yeah. If he gets there, he's going to make threes. He's going to play defense. He's going to try closeouts. But the the best thing he did for us was him and John and Caleb, these guys that were here every day, Austin Sachs, even our walk-on. like D'Antoine, Josh, those six guys that just – didn't give up on Baylor yeah. didn't give up on us and went in with coach Charlie every day and Langston and John in the first summer session made sure we lifted at seven and nobody was late and everybody matched and they made it cool to be a Baylor bear and Langston's had a great basketball summer and I know nobody got to see that because he didn't play during France but he did and he'll have a great year if he's if he's healthy yeah so we just need him healthy um but he's He's a Baylor kid, and we're just praying every day that he gets a chance to play. Right, right. And then finally, Miro Little. Uh, you know, Miro, I, I, what, what appears to be, you know, like kind of like Ray J, maybe just a younger version of Ray J in a lot of ways, right? Just um, a connector, uh, very much, you know, just seems like he has a lot of charisma. People love to play with him. He's a pass-first guy. Uh, he understands spacing, you know, he's court vision, all those things. I mean, I know you recruited him and, and got to know him and his family really well. Uh, what what have you seen from him and his development so far this summer? Yeah, we got a couple weeks with him. He came in early in May and then did his June session and then left for two weeks to go play with the Finnish national team, the younger version as they played locally to get ready for the World Cup. Yep. His first game back there, he had 31 points, I believe. Played two and then came back for another couple weeks. Um, had a broken finger and had to rest. And then he left for the World Cup. But there was this two to three week period in there where we got to do player development with him. And, you know, when people watch television, we want them to say that's a Baylor guard. When you go out and watch AAU, we want people saying, hey, that could be a Baylor guard. He, right. That's what they're looking for. That's what they look like. And so his footwork and his finishing and his dribble three in the ball screen. We were just working to clean all that up and get every second we could with him. And, you know, we're thankful for that time. But when you start for your national team, as important as that is at 19 years old in the World Cup, we just want to honor that. And if we're going to recruit internationally, we need to have those relationships and sure. trust that those federations trust us. And so when Jason and I went over to support him and watch and sit with his mom and, and be at the games, Miro's the one huddling the team up. Uh, their coach doesn't call sets over 50% of the time. Miro calls the sets. Wow. So Markinen says, I want the ball. Miro on the fly calls a set and gets him the ball where he wants it. So when you, when you think about true point guards, younger Ray J, complete understanding of locker room and team and confronting people, he's way ahead of schedule. Yeah. Like, I, I know everybody wants to be a pro and, 
sometimes being a good person and being a good leader is, is important. Like we need to take the proper steps before you're a pro to become the, the full person that you can be. And I mean, he's a full leader and a full person and we'll get him in practice here. Uh, he skipped the first week or two of class because of the world cup and we'll get his rhythm going and it'll become more and more Baylor bear when it comes to scoring the ball every day. But when it comes to leading and passing, we are intentional of, of going out and getting somebody like that. Uh, him and Jeremy Sohan have been really good friends since junior high. They played each other against each other in like an all-star tournament and they've stayed friends ever since. And I just think Miro has a lot of the same effervescent qualities in his personality that Jeremy has. Yeah. And they just want to play the right way. And, uh, you know, we've got to work how that looks out with Miro as he gets more and more into our practices because he was gone this summer, but that'll come because if you play the right way, you fit in. Yep. And that's just something more basketball players uh, need to learn. If you play the right way, you're automatically going to fit in. So yep. he'll get there. We're thrilled to have him. And uh, he had a good summer with Finland. They did a great job with him. Yeah, well, listen, I told you 30 minutes and I've, I've kept you longer. So thank you for giving me the time. I guess I'll wrap it up with now that we're on the verge of, you know, the season coming in, a, you know, less than 60 days. What does it look like? Are you – uh, you know, have you, have you given the guys some time off after France and, and, you know, now it's like, it's go time, you know, where, where do you start like really having intense practices or has that been, the, is, has that been the case since France? I mean, what, what does it look like? Uh, and what does it look like going forward? They got a little break. Obviously they weren't in class. And then when they came back, we gave them a little slow start. I would say there's kind of a rhythm to this deal where last week was, highly team intensive and then we were allowed to go recruiting then there was some player development with coach p and tweety while we were gone recruiting um today will be an offensive day probably for the first time all fall and then will be a zone day tomorrow and a defensive day on friday and then next week will be some player development and some more practice and the week after that is full blown so we've tried to temper you know the minutes we can get with them five on five with their player development and then their time with coach charlie and again, coaches probably trusted them to do some things on their own as much or more than any team that we've had. And uh, these guys know how to lead themselves. So we're really thankful for that. But we're just maneuvering it just like everybody else in the country right now. We're balancing our recruiting and our trips out with our time in the gym. Right. So when we get time with them, that's our favorite time. The reason you recruit is so that when you go to the gym, you're with people that you love. And we love this group. And so next week we'll kick it up a little, but the week after that's full blown practice. And then we just start getting ready for our scrimmages. We'll scrimmage Texas A&M and Gonzaga privately. And then this season will begin and we'll do the best we can. But for right now, I think we just want more time in the gym with our guys and um, we'll be there soon. So we're thankful for that. Yeah. Well, it's an exciting uh, time. And I know uh, one of the, uh, the um, measurements leaked about Eve Missy almost uh, vertical of 13 feet. <laughs> That's which is crazy to think about. Was there anything else like uh, that stands out from a, from an athletic, you know, freakish standpoint? Like uh, that's, I mean, that's always interesting to people. Um, you know, is, is there any other number like a speed number, a strength number, a, a vertical number that uh, stood out to you when they did the testing? No, I think um, we talked about Dantuan's speed. Yep. And then obviously Eve is the first time anybody's touched the ceiling in Charlie's gym. Uh, he had to, we had to move the ceiling tile for him to jump so high. Um, 
and we complimented the fives. But I would just say that Jalen and Caleb deserve yeah. a lot of credit. Right. And maybe you'll talk to Coach New about the wings. For sure. Caleb lost 20 pounds. His vertical is up. Uh, he's as athletic as anybody. He's as fast as anybody. Uh, he's bought into his role. I would just say we're really proud of him. And him and Coach Charlie had a special kinship. And uh, I think he's had an unbelievable summer, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yep. And then the, the Jalen um, uptick that you we spent a lot of time talking about Ray J's uptick after he went through the draft process. I think Jalen Bridges went through that draft process. And there's going to be, hopefully, the continued aggression from late in last season where he scored 27 and 31 and had some really good scoring games. But the rebounding has gone up for him. And uh, I just think both of them stayed. They bought into Baylor. Caleb had as good a spring as anybody to his commitment to us. It needs to be something that's applauded. But both of them, I think, physically have had good summers. And so Antoine Speed and Yves' vertical might be highlights, but those two's character and taking care of their bodies and getting better, I want to compliment that. Yeah. And that would probably be the other standout to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, thank you, John. Always love catching up with you. You're a pleasure yeah, to no talk problem. to. You. Yeah. Thanks for all you do for us. Well, really thank for you and the way you and the fans support us. And, you know, everything from your podcast to the website to everything else blesses Baylor's community. So uh, keep doing what you're doing and be hard on us, just not too hard on us. All well, right? you haven't been reading the football comments, obviously, when you make a comment like that. No, Although I, I haven't been behind it. Football I... team. No, we love the football team. <laughs> most painful thing in our career is to lose yeah, um, yeah. i wouldn't wish that on anybody and they're gonna fix it and uh they're smart guys yeah and i don't know what comments are because i don't go on your message board and i tell my <laughs> wife to stay off it also um but i just support them yeah support baylor and uh i just think we all deserve fans and fans coach says you can affect the game yep and be there or you can critique the game at home right and um, every every fan that comes to every game that affects it, it causes uh, a turnover against Kansas or a ref to make a make a foul call that matters, or you know maybe at a football game they have to call a timeout because they can't hear on a third down their snap count. Uh, every fan that chooses to affect the game instead of judge it is a gift um, yeah. to us, and you're part of that. And so I just want to thank you for that, and hope that the fans will support them and us as much as they're willing. Yep. And for me, the culture of joy that Scott's established should carry over into all the sports. And if it's truly Jesus, others, and yourself, then fans should put themselves last and put the program and the kids ahead of themselves and show up to the games and cheer as loud as they can. Yeah, I love it. And, uh, and, man. We weren't meant to talk about that, Ashley, but if you're going to bring it up, uh, that's where I stand on that deal. These kids deserve to be loved, and it's an expression of the faith of our culture. Yep. And that should extend into our fans and campus. But thank you so much for all you do. Well, I appreciate that, and and man, we got a lot to cheer for this year with our team, and and hopefully, uh, let's let's go undefeated and uh, the Farrell and the Foster. That would be that would be fun if we can uh, accomplish That's that right. this let's, year. Let's let's enjoy the new gym. Yep. I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, John. You've been listening to Sikkim Three right. uh, Podcast, Sikkim Three Six Five with Ashley Hodge, John Jacobs, Sikkim Bears.